Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 76 of the UK Tech Weekly Podcast. The podcast that puts the tech into UK Tech Weekly Podcast. And also the UK and the weekly. Um, I had to write this in a crush. Um, I'm David Price, Deputy Editor of Macworld UK. And joining me for a chin mic today are Ashley Macro, e-commerce editor on the Tech Advisor Group. Hi. That's a very grand um, title. And Henry Burrell, Deputy Reviews Editor on Tech Advisor and Macworld UK. Hello. Hello. Uh, in this week's pod, we're going to talk about bells, buds, balls up and Black Friday. <laughs> it's, <laughs> bells you, you'll understand oh, is it? Oh, right. it's on like Donkey Kong now the reason we didn't record a podcast last week was because of um, well perhaps I should just put it over to you Ashley what was going on last week Ugh, deals deals Lots of deals. Um, so it was Black Friday on Friday, last Friday. Oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, so we just basically were swamped by the number of deals. This year it was bigger than I've ever seen it before. Like, it was just crazy amount of deals, crazy amount of sales. And they went on for so long. So, like, Amazon started their deals in the middle of the week before Black Friday. So they went on for about 10 days um, you get to the point now where there's sales pretty much yeah. all the time. And then as soon as the Black Friday sales were over on the Sunday, which obviously that doesn't make sense anyway, they had the Cyber Monday deals, which are still continuing now. So Ugh. they just have never ended. They're still going now, uh, yeah. a week later. Yep, they're still going. Like, humankind has always been conniving, right? <laughs> but Black Friday is like That's one, a of strong worst, start. <laughs> one of the worst examples of this. Particularly yeah. this year, more so than last year, I have found is that deals aren't good necessarily yeah there's not very many like, deals used to mean like it wasn't actually a good deal like this car costs half as much as it used to cost mm. that's a good deal but when you look at a lot of the things that amazon were putting on like the, the landing page of amazon and it was just like 10 pounds off this two thousand pound product or something like that yeah and some of them there are tricks that they do where um they put the price down or they put the price up just before black friday sales start and then they put it down again for black friday but actually you could have bought it for that price before um lots of legal loopholes yeah some some well, listings would say deal price and then not to list what the rrp was yeah <laughs> so there's no there's no legal sort of restrictions on what you can say seemingly not well i think if it's less than the rrp even if it's been that way for quite a long time. That still counts as a deal. And also, if the price... They can say, um, like, for example, Curry's PC World, which is quite good what they do. They put um, the price 
the was price and then they say exactly when it was that price but if you look closely sometimes it says that it was only that price in october you know so it's been it's been that cheap for a month yeah so you do have to be quite careful but then there are some really really good deals but when you see the volume of them like thousands and thousands out of that there's only like one or two percent of those they're actually really really great deals so it is a bit of a What's the best way to approach it then? How, how do you how do you tell apart? I mean, you guys know because you're in in yeah. amongst the deals all the time. But if you're advising a relatively non-savvy member of your family, how do they make sure they're not being taken for a ride? I think they that if you actually want to do Black Friday properly, you need to actually research it in advance, which sounds such, like such a boring thing to do, but actually look for like a month in advance what the prices are on it, and then on Black Friday you can tell whether it actually has gone down or not, and as as boring as that sounds that's almost the only way to do it i think well and that's kind of what we're doing so that's why obviously our articles a little plug they are useful because you know people we're giving the actual expert advice there but unless you unless you're checking that stuff all week long or all month long then you're never going to know so yeah it's easy to get carried away yeah um amazon like you say will push a lot of things to the front and they're not the only perpetrator some people just like you say put something that's already on sale at that price just more prominently in their materials and mm-hmm. then you get caught up in the whole Black Friday thing like I was on Amazon I bought something just something that I needed and it was I think it was on Cyber Monday yes I, I should just say Monday shouldn't I mm-hmm. um, it was this Monday <laughs> and then I saw like a Samsung fast charger and it was £30 and like I nearly bought it because I was like oh that's great that's, that's, I, need, I need one of them and I was like wait no no I don't no I don't and it's still £30 today because I looked earlier oh, that's so annoying, isn't they, it? they push these things because the internet is clever enough to know what I, my browsing habits and I'm a nerd so it pushed that to me and it nearly worked oh, that's sinister isn't it yeah so I mean, like for, the, for the uninitiated listener what Ashley and I and also David do uh, to an extent is uh, curate deals all the year round <laughs> yeah into uh, buying advice which is what TechAdvisor and Mac will do um, so our main thing on uh, Black Friday was to make sure we pushed genuinely good deals uh, to our readers I don't want to get too much into the sort of inside baseball side of it if it's please that correctly um but i am sort of interested in how black friday plays as as a journalist and particularly as a journalist to focus on deals was it was it a pleasure for the two of you or was it a nightmare (laughs) how how early does it start moving parts behind the scenes it basically starts now (laughs) yeah for for next for next year yeah Yeah. 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 um and particularly i find technology like black friday it is more of a perception thing. It's more of a marketing thing, which we have to, we have to be engaged in. But you can find a good price on any product all year round. Really, it's just like a, a cyclical thing that. Yeah, and obviously the reason Black Friday and Cyber Monday started, well, Cyber Monday, for example, it became a thing because that is the day that historically most people did their online shopping. Like, so over the past, I don't know, five years, they've found that that's the day that the most online transactions happen. So that just became a day. So people are already in the mindset where they want to buy on that day anyway. Mm. So that's why it's become a big thing. But those deals, like Henry says, they are there all year round, if you look closely. Not on everything, but... You know, you have other things as well, like Amazon Prime Day, but you also have Christmas sales, Boxing Day sales, January sales. There's sales all the time, but everyone just seems to focus on those. I like that one in China that we don't actually observe called Singles Day. Yeah. You just buy stuff for yourself. Yeah, you just buy it for yourself. <laughs> That's all year round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for, for most I people. Suppose so. <laughs> I, want a, I, want a, I want a holiday that will justify my reckless spending. I mean, you're not single. What are you talking about? No, I know, but 
You do. I just, I you just want to buy stuff for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want it for the Western world. We I think, one day I think there's quite a few yeah, okay, retailers that would like that. Um, <laughs> so the psychologically, the whole point of it is to is to rush you, right? Yes. Especially on, I mean, I don't know if it's just Amazon that they have those what they call lightning deals, yeah. where there's like a yeah. really short period of time mm-hmm. before yeah. it's gone, mm-hmm. and what they're trying to do is disengage the rational part of your brain. Yeah. And what basically. you guys are saying is you need to sort of sit back. Are there unmissable deals that are only there for no? Like I, I personally, I've never bought anything on Black Friday, and this uh, year. Oh, I was going to say yes, you I, did. I did. I bought a Nintendo Switch, <laughs> but that is something that I've wanted. Since and that it, was since actually a good deal, and we knew it was. And I saved. I think I saved sixty quid mm. with a game. So, like, I mean, to me, I mean, other people might not, who probably don't want that product probably don't think that is a good deal because I still spent nearly three hundred pounds on it, but. Um, that is less than it did cost the day before, genuinely, and I checked, yeah. so I knew I was saving money. Um, other things, yeah, you're not, you're, not, you're not really to know because of the, unfortunately, the legal tricks some of these companies play. So the process should be that you know what you want. Yeah, just go in knowing what you want and how much it and costs. And if you see a good deal on something you know and you've decided you want, yeah. then, yeah. You, then you might buy, but you don't go in there and say what's available. Yeah, yeah. And, unless you have loads of money to burn and you get off on that sort of thing. Yeah, I but, do think um, there was less focus on lightning deals this year though because there were so many more deals of the day on Amazon instead and yeah. it actually took quite a lot of effort to find the lightning deals, which is a bit different from previous years. So Yeah, yeah Amazon have like a quite close relationship with, with us um, mm. in that they are trying to mainline their content uh, via uh, reputable publishers um, because well, because they don't, well, they don't really need the coverage, do they? They're Amazon. <laughs> but the Lightning deals especially, I think they pulled back a bit this year because yeah. last year we put a lot of effort into trying to push what sometimes were genuinely good deals. That's why we pushed them. But there's no point in us making like a whole page of content about how great this is if it sells out in under one minute. Which, which the Nintendo Switch ones did, yeah. So It's, just, yeah. It, it's not beneficial for us or for, or for them. Um, yeah. Jeff Bezos apparently reportedly started Black Friday um, and he was personally worth 90 billion. He, he, he started he, Black Friday? Yeah, he started Black Friday worth 90 billion. Oh, I see. At the end of Black Friday, he's now worth 100 billion. So that's nice. <laughs> that's shocking stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a yeah. big deal. It is. There's quite a lot of um, negative feeling about Black Friday, mm. um, which you could, I mean, you sort of divide it into two. There's, well, there's the... There's the why are people reporting on this aspect that we get a lot in yeah. our um, milieu, um, which I think <laughs> is the echo chamber of oh, um, <laughs> the Twitter experienced yeah, journalists, yeah. all that sort of thing. But there's also the why are people being so commercial and why are people people being so um, is that the word I mean consumerist? Yeah, all those reports you get on the telly showing people arguing over flat screen TVs. Yeah, but that. I, I don't see that in reality, and I wonder if there is some sort of backlash that's been artificially created as a sort of media thing. Because I, I think it seems quite harmless, but... I think I it used to be. It, it's because it's moved much more online now, and the deals in the stores aren't the same. So it used to be quite... I think they were true, weren't they, some of those reports back in the day, when yeah. it was all in stores, and it started off with people literally fighting over stuff in stores. Yes, yeah, an American tradition... Yeah. Um, straight after Thanksgiving, which is on a Thursday, you then mm. have Black Friday where everything is discounted. And supposedly, the phrase comes from when um, retailers went from red into black for the year because they started making money. Um, so on that day, it was such a big sales day that it pushed them into the black. Yeah. Year. Even though they were discounting, so many people went and bought stuff is that yeah. they actually started making money that year, which is why it's in that weird time in November. Um, and I think ASDA was um, 
famous for bringing it to this country into physical stores. It was the one where you see all people fighting over not very good products as well, like um, Polaroid mm. TVs. <laughs> like, who knew they made TVs? Um, and then Asda got so fed up with it because it caused such chaos for about two or three years in a row that Asda now, having brought it to this country, no longer observe it. They don't do it. That's interesting. Um, because like, no, we don't need the money. <laughs> Probably. Do Asda have um, much of an online presence? Um, for online shopping, like your groceries, you can. You can. Um, I'm not actually even sure if they sell. Yeah, I don't think online. they have like, it's not, you know, Tesco has Tesco Direct that's a lot bigger than Asda, I think. Um, Asda's online. But mm-hmm. yeah, they started it in store and I don't think they even did it online at that point. No. Um, and now they just, yeah, like Henry says, they just don't do it at all because too much hassle, too much chaos. Probably a lot of fights and blood and police. <laughs> that's <laughs> what I imagine. Yeah. You're just describing Canvey Island now. Hey! Um, uh, <laughs> before we move on, um, we'll have one last question, which is Black Friday or Cag Friday? <laughs> um, uh, Ashley? I say Black Friday because, I mean, it's great for us. It is great for us. Uh, Henry? <laughs> I'll say Black Friday this year because um, I got something I actually wanted. I don't know what that noise is. <laughs> <laughs> it's people trying to get in and get the deals. Oh. Mm. That's quite annoying. Um, We'll be back after the break with some Mac security spills and thrills. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome back. And uh, some rumblings in the Mac jungle this week. Um... Unfortunately, Craig Federighi didn't accept our invitation to appear on the pod. Um, no, so the nearest thing we've got to an expert on macOS security is you. Is me, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> uh, have you guys been keeping up with this story? Yes. Any, any it's questions? An interesting story. Um, I was personally surprised by how much it made into what, what I would call mainstream media, um, aside from the tech sites, because obviously it's big news for us yeah. um, that you could gain administrator privileges on a Mac 
if you were already logged in, um, yeah. you could type root into the username, right? And then leave password yeah. blank. Click a few times and you're in. Yeah, so yeah, yes, you have to the Mac has to be open. And yeah. You have to be logged into the Mac, but then normally when you go into the system preferences and try and change things, you have to put your password in again yeah. and apparently you can bypass that because of a flaw. Which is not uh, amazingly good. Uh, when you say mainstream, so what are you talking about? Like I was Metro surprised because or... it, it broke for us um, in the PM after work. Um, and so then I was listening to the radio in the morning the next day. And it was the <coughs> third or fourth item on the 8 o'clock BBC News. I just thought that is it's quite a niche. It's quite a niche problem. Well, I'm probably security buffs are going to say that I'm defending Apple here. But I think Apple got a, a bit too much flack for it um, because... None of the reports really suggest... They kind of suggested that you could just open someone's Mac yeah. and their password to get into the computer. That was what you could hack. It's very so easy to elide steal, it into so much more than you steal someone's computer and then just get in there. But yeah. that's not the case. You, you couldn't bypass the password screen. All you could do was, if you knew about the floor and somebody's yeah. Mac was open if you get and an open running Mac. the latest version of the operating system, that you could then go in and yeah. gain privileges. Yeah. Um, that's the, yeah, because that, that's the danger with mainstream coverage is that... It doesn't. It doesn't give you the whole story. So they they lead with the the sexy headline the Apple headline. Mac cock up. Yeah. Um. And they don't actually tell you that it's quite. It is quite a niche thing. But it, it is also a major balls up. I mean, they yes, really drop the not ball. Good. <laughs> um. And there's yeah. So there's a lot of there's a lot of aspects to this. Um. We should also state before we go much further that it has now been patched. Um, yeah. The the security researcher who posted it on Twitter claims that he did inform Apple before he did that, which is unlike the person who um, discovered the crack vulnerability in, in WPA2 Wi-Fi recently, who just put it online and didn't tell any major security firm about it. Um, yeah. whereas the, um, I don't know how to feel about it. Like I did it on my personal MacBook and it worked. <laughs> so I was oh, like, oh, wow, this actually is quite bad. Because um, it doesn't seem to work all the time. So, um, so my colleague Karen, the editor of MacWorld, tried it on her system, which is on High, uh, High Sierra, and that didn't work. Mm. So it doesn't seem to be a consistent thing. As you said, you have to be on High Sierra and not a huge... I mean, App, this is the thing. Apple is, is quite aggressive about getting people to update to the latest operating system on all its machines, which it's is quite annoying. It's successful doing that with iOS. Yeah, because I haven't even oh, done yeah. it. You know I haven't even done iOS. <laughs> You're on iOS well, 10. you got a new iPhone. Yeah, but it was... It's on iOS 11, isn't it? No. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, even the person who works on Macworld, which is terrible, I know, I should have updated it, but I haven't. So there must be so many people that haven't. There are, yeah. Well, I think more so on Mac, because yeah. they're yeah, less my, able to nag you. My so. work yeah. Mac is a 2009 model, and I'm not going to update it, because I just don't <laughs> trust it to keep running. Yeah. But that's a bad attitude, yeah. I think. I should update it's... it and break it, so they get me another one. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good idea. Well, that's, that's the thing, is that is that the updaters have been punished in this case. And updaters are often punished because mm. yeah. um, there's, there's bugs or whatever. And, and also it often slows down a system. It causes yeah. compatibility problems with old software that you mm. like that you then have to update sometimes by paying or it might not have been updated. But um, how is the security world viewing this problem though? Because I mean, that's just I'm just expressing my <laughs> uh, not as informed opinion um, about how I thought it was brought out of proportion and that it's not like a bug that someone who nicked your Mac could then be like, hmm, I wonder if I try going to systems preferences, typing root and then putting no password. Like your average cafe chancer who steals a MacBook wasn't exactly going to be able to have stolen your computer and um, got in that way. Yeah, I would be I would be interested 
to hear how many people have actually profited um, yeah, you know, illegally zero. or whatever but through <laughs> yeah, using no. this. And I, I imagine it would be zero. Because, yeah, this, this thing um, has been done. Apple's got loads of bad coverage for it. And I yeah. think everyone is fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, another aspect to this. So I've said, actually, before we do that, so the, they've released a patch. Yeah. Um, which you should, it should be pushed out to you automatically if you're on the latest version of um, macOS. In doing that, they also created another problem, oh. um, which is much more minor, um, which is just to do with it, it causes problems with sharing, file sharing between Macs on the same network. Right. But um, again, you know, this is such an appealing headline for people to cover it that they go, well, number one, Matt, um, Apple lets people log into your Mac. That's how they sort of interpret the first bit and then the second bit. And then in patching it, they create another cog up. And yeah, it was very easy very for, for media just to be like massive Mac OS hack that lets you in without a password. Yeah. That was basically what even Which, the BBC yeah. led with. It was like um, Brexit, North Korea, and then like this strange <laughs> Mac bug. <laughs> I thought it was very yeah. weird. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I'm sort of torn on this. Cause, like, I would say that the security world is... is it's genuinely shocked by how bad this is yeah. on a sort of um, procedural level and how they could yeah. have dropped the ball this badly. But at the same time, it still isn't that bad in practicality. Yeah, um, it's a bit of a it, it sort of it worries you. thing because yeah. it's, it's mere existence um, means you don't even have to worry about what the problem was. It's the fact that, like you say, a company like Apple mm. let it exist. Yeah. They also apologised. Yeah. Um, Via which mean? Oh. Uh, they, they, issued, they issued a statement to media, right? It wasn't like a public yeah, apology. Because yeah, just... you remember when they actually publicly apologised about how crap Maps was? Yeah. Yeah, they don't do that very often, do they? The well, no, but this is the thing. So they have this perception that they don't. Um, and you guys seem to share this, but I think they do. I think they've changed. Well, did they about the Bend situation, Bendgate? No, because they And never, then there was the whole that. thing with the... The antenna they did. Yeah, Steve and they Jobs said, just holding it wrong. So, that, that. so that's, that's the olden days. So that's Steve Jobs. And he, yeah. was, he was actively aggressive to the person that brought it up to him. Yeah. Um, but I think... And apologised aggressively. <laughs> yeah. But all right, so I looked up a few apologies. Yeah. And you're right, they apologised for the maps thing. The, um, the VP of diversity at Apple who said that thing, which I think, I think again, was taken out of context, was unfairly... What did she uh, say? Attacked. So she said... The diversity is not just about race and sex. It's also about, you know, viewpoint and class right. and the rest of it. And she said that 12 blue-eyed blonde men in a room could be just as diverse as, you know, whatever. Right. Probably not the best thing to say. It's not a brilliant thing to say when you're talking about diversity. Um, 12, and so not, she, and 12 so, Nazis. <laughs> not all blue-eyed blonde men are Nazis, Henry. Um, Diverse Nazis. That's terrible. Well, they're not, they weren't known for the diversity. Um, how do we get into this? Uh, so she apologised for that. They apologised for the Maps thing. They apologised for the lack of updates to the Mac Pro. Um, they once apologised to Samsung, but they were made to by the court and they did it in a really shitty way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's like four. Um, I think under Tim Cook they do sometimes apologise. Yeah. They're not quite as arrogant as they were known for being. Yeah, they do listen to their users slightly more. I think um, they do. Like you say, punishing um, early adopters of software. They took this feature that I used loads on iOS 11, uh, iOS 10, sorry, where you hold the far left of the screen on the iPhone and it brings up the uh, app switcher. Yeah. They just took that out of iOS 11 and everyone moaned and they were like, oh, okay, put it back in. Yeah. Not necessarily apologising, but more of like listening to the community. Whereas yeah. before they were, this is what you must use. But they have, they're a little yeah. bit more like, oh, okay, people like that. And they've allowed more customization of iOS. Um, yeah. You get you know, the widget stuff on the, on the lock screen and all yeah. the rest of it. They, still clunky compared to what Android can do, but I yes. still think that the, the, the straight comparison between how 
they approach OS with Android is still a flawed argument because you can't compare the two. What, what are people yeah. expecting that Apple would just go, oh, actually, okay, yeah, we'll just make it look like Android. They're never going to do that. No, of course not. Yeah. So they let you change the font. You know, they, they want it to look beautiful. <laughs> the worst fonts ever. Have you ever seen the fonts you can change on a Samsung phone? No. One's called like Choco Cookie or something. <laughs> like, the, maybe that's LG. Actually, it's probably like LG. But all the, yeah, the Android, Android uh, OEMs make terrible decisions about software that Apple don't do. And, yeah. and Apple get flack for it. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it, yeah, it is control freakery. Um, well, <laughs> this might sound familiar, this question, but um, Mac root... Or cack root. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, Wait, oh, yeah. I don't know what the. I don't know either. Cack root. Yeah. Maybe just is this a big deal or not? What do you think? <laughs> yeah. I think it's it's a big deal that it like Henry says it's a big deal that it even happened at all, but no one's actually hurt from it. So as long as that we know. Yeah. yeah. I don't think yeah. we don't think anyone's hurt from it. So it's kind of a bit of both. Bit of both, mm. sitting on the fence. Henry? Yeah, you've got to go cat root because it's bad that it exists, but I think they got too much flack for it. Mm. Flack root? <laughs> flack root. <laughs> um, <laughs> funny move. Uh, after the break, we'll be uh, shitting all over some headphones. So <laughs> see you in a minute. Henry Burrell. Hi. Um, uh, you've been really mean about yeah. some headphones this week. Uh, which ones and why? This, I enjoyed this review because it made me realise that I haven't actually given many things a bad review ever because because you're such a kind i'm such a kind general bloke no because i think it's good the reason the pixel buds the google pixel buds are not very good um which i'll explain in a minute but it did make me think that actually a lot of technology today is like really really good and (laughs) my job is basically to be a professional nitpicker because any phone you walk into a shop and buy today pretty much apart from like you know the essential phone but anyway um (laughs) will be really good and it will work and we Tech Advisor probably gave it over three and a half stars because it does everything you want it to do to an adequate level. For the first time, I gave a product two stars because uh, oh. the Google Pixel Buds are not very good. Uh, for the uninitiated, uh, they're kind of Google's attempts at doing AirPods, but that is quite a lazy comparison because AirPods are completely different <laughs> and they're very good. <laughs> so, but they're, but they're wireless. They are Google made wireless headphone. wireless headphones. Yes. Uh, so, and do Apple's, they come with the Pixel? No. I'm just thinking about the branding. Are so they designed so for the Pixel? You can kind of compare them to AirPods because AirPods cost £160. Google Pixel Buds cost £160. AirPods only work with iPhones. Uh, well, all their features, sorry, only work with iPhones. Google Pixel Buds, all their features only work with Pixel phones. So if you own an Android phone, you can make some of the stuff work on them, but not all of them. Uh, and same with an iPhone. So you have to have a Pixel uh, first or second generation for these uh, headphones to actually do what they are sold to do which is be headphones be the google assistant in your ears and also the headline feature is a real-time translation which they plugged uh, heavily um they're a weird design (coughs) got them here what do you what do you think of those so basically i feel i'm I'm worried that this isn't going to work as an audio (laughs) (laughs) i'll describe i just want you to look at them um so yeah airpods they got they got um, they're going to clack together like one of those (laughs) Yeah, what are they called? Like a pair of conkers. Um, <laughs> That's not working. So, yeah, AirPods got flat because they wanted like, little toothbrushes that hang out of your ears. But actually, the experience of using AirPods is amazing. And I know that everyone says that Apple, the whole it just works thing is a bit of a cliche. But if you have AirPods, you just flip open the case and the screen widget appears on your iPhone and you just press pair and it works. And you can pair them to your Mac, to your iPhone, to your iPad and everything. Pixel Buds, uh, the user experience is terrible. They are two little buds that go in this little case and you can tell that 
they've made the shape of them just so they fit into those little charging ports. Um, they're incredibly uncomfortable to wear. You can put it in your ear if you want, but you probably don't want to because they've been in my ears. Um, <laughs> the design is quite bulbous um, and they're pretty much sold on Google's vision of like an AI future. So AirPods basically just play music really well and really wi- and like wirelessly. Um, the Pixel Buds are connected by this cord, which you can hang them around your neck, but also you can pull out this little section here to like kind of wedge them in your ear. It's like a little fabric loop that would normally be like a wingtip on another little earbud. Mm. Um, and they just hurt my ears. They're for more than 10 minutes in my ears, they hurt. Uh, the shape is not like an ear. It's just the shape of what that charging port is. Is it possible that your ears are an unusual shape? Yes, but you, I, but you I have was about no to problems say with that, other no. Chris did try them on as well. Uh, the Chris Martin Reviews editor did try them on and thought the same thing. Ah. Um, and I'd make a habit of not reading other people's reviews before I um, review them myself. I then looked at what other people had to say about it, and many of the reviews say that these are incredibly uncomfortable. One person said it's like having herpes in your ears. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Which is wow. a little harsh on them. Um, <laughs> you won't con- contract herpes from wearing these. Um, but For the yeah, lawyers with that, that. So basically, they do play music but I find them very uncomfortable and then yeah the real time translation thing is actually very impressive I was thinking about doing it but I don't think it's going to make very good radio so I'm not going to do it um, <laughs> basically you put them on and the idea is that you are the wealthy white man who has a pixel phone and these pixel buds and you go to I don't know a country where you can't speak the language because we're English and we don't speak any languages um, so you go to I don't know Portugal and you want to be Portuguese uh, you hold you tap on the right bud which is um, touch sensitive you hold it down you say help me speak Portuguese and then the Google Assistant goes, okay, I'm opening the Google Translate app. That's what it's meant to do. They're, yeah. it, they, they're so buggy. I was using it with a, a, the Pixel 2 phone that we reviewed. So it's a brand new phone. Often doesn't recognize that the app is installed and she goes, you'll have to download the app, but it's on the phone. You have to keep trying and keep trying. Then it opens the app. That's not good when you're in a no. conversational yeah. situation. No, that Portuguese person is going to think you're a um and then you hold then you then it comes up basically and then you can hold down the earphone again say in english out loud and the uh, buds will then translate it uh, pretty quickly onto your phone where that person can then read the text off your phone um or it will then speak it out loud in fact i'm going to show you i'm going to show you do you want to show you yeah go on then let's do this um but it's meant to be really good so right so i've got this i've got a pixel here um help me speak french I let go, and then she says, "Okay." And then now I'm just getting a loading sound in my in my ear, in my ear because it just doesn't work. That is what French sounds oh like. <laughs> Try one more time. No, see, I'm not. I'm not going to do it because it's just it's just not behaving. And there's so many times when I reviewed these and still trying to use them today that you follow Google's instructions to the letter and it doesn't work. Um, I had to revert to using this other phone because when I took them out of the case, they're meant to connect. They just don't connect to the Pixel 2. You have to reset. Um, when, when, I, when they were sent to me um, from Google, I took all the cellophane off and opened them, followed the instructions, and I needed, in the end, after five hours of trying to get them to pair to a phone, to call Google support in the US because they needed a hard reset for out the box. Like, no consumer is going to know that. And my, my intense frustration um, was, like, at sky high before I'd even been able to play anything through them. That's insane. And then the translation thing, you can go and look at our video review on TechAdvisor. Um, my very French colleague, Ka- uh, Caroline, um, sort of gave him a brief assessment. Um, it's good when it works, but it just doesn't work half the time. And also, it's a feature that you can have for free on the Google Translate app anyway without buying the Pixel Buds. That's pretty shocking. Yeah. So I 
saw no reason to recommend them <laughs> whatsoever. And so you, it just you can see that it, it winds me up because they should have been a great product, but it annoys me actually that Google has marketed them as like a breakthrough technology when aside from my subjective opinion that they're ugly and uncomfortable, uh, it just doesn't work. And also that feature is not exclusive, it's for free on an app anyway. Yeah. Do they make them themselves, Google, or is this something they've outsourced? No, um, well, we're not sure because um, it's an open secret that HTC makes the Pixel and um, LG makes the Pixel 2 XL, but they're marketed as made by Google, the Google phones. We're not sure if Google made them. My guess would be that they did make them. Because they're not experienced in making their own hardware, and when they do, it turns out like this. Um, It's very hard to find a positive in these headphones. Um, By all means, try them, but that's the problem with headphones. You can't just go in a shop and shove them in your ears and then go away and buy them because it's unhygienic. That's not how stuff works. So you're really going to have to own a Pixel phone and really love Google to want to try these out, unfortunately. Um, And also, like real time, it's quite a niche thing for them to hook a sale on. It's an impressive thing. It's the sort of thing that appeals to tech press yeah because it's, mm. it's a sexy it needs, to, it needs to just work because yeah. uh, people got yeah. over the fact that airpods look a bit dumb because it they do work really well and they do one thing amazingly well which is wirelessly play audio from your iphone whereas these pixel buds i couldn't even connect them to my phone <laughs> that's not good is it yeah what is do it? you think ashley you're gonna get somewhere i'm not gonna well i mean i don't have a <laughs> pixel but i don't have airpods either but um yeah that does not sound good at all. So I hope, I mean, what are they going to do next? They're, they're going to have to do something about it. Because if all of the reviews, not just ours even, have been so bad, and I'm sure consumer negative. reviews have been very bad as well, then what are they going to do? They did do? this dumb thing that they did with the first Pixel where they actually all got very good reviews, but then they were never in stock. And all these oh. Pixel Buds have got very bad reviews and they're not in stock. Oh, so, so it's kind of, it's a very isolated if one person <laughs> wants to buy it after all that. Yeah, well, I, I wrote the review and then looked and then... Yeah, there's no stock at the moment in the UK. Well, maybe that's um, why. They just thought, oh, let's, <laughs> let's not make any more. Um... <laughs> but it worries me um, slightly, and I'd be interested to know what you guys think, because AirPods do work with Android phones <laughs> and other devices, but not all the functionality is there. Same thing with the Google Pixel Buds there, trying to make you um, buy into the Google ecosystem. Um, with the lack of headphone jacks on new phones, are you worried that headphones are going to become device-specific? Whereas yeah. that's a problem we never had before. But people, I'm sure we're going to get some Bixby headphones at some point, and they're also going to be terrible. I mean, I worry a little bit about Lightning headphones, about how device-specific that is. But generally, you know, with wireless, I would sort of... I don't, yeah, I don't like this idea of the features. Mm, you, I don't really like the idea of feature headphones anyway. I sort but of even so, like there are still so many other headphone manufacturers that are going to make headphones that will work for all of them. So... You know, it's, it's going to be up to the individual whether they go for the one that matches with their device or just go True. for a standard. Yeah, what I don't like being forced into, um, I have an iPhone, uh, iPhone 7, and yeah, I was using the Lightning headphones on the train today, and then I went to plug them into something else, and like you say, they, yeah. you can't. I was no. like, oh, that's annoying. But I didn't have to pay for these. These came through with my phone, and I'll just get over the fact that it's a slight annoyance that they took the headphone jack away. Whereas if there's no headphone jack on a phone, and the Pixel, for instance, doesn't ship with headphones you might be like, what's the best headphones I should get for my Pixel? Um, okay, they need to be wireless. So I, that immediately not only narrows what I can what I can buy, but also narrows what I can afford because you might not have £200 to blow on headphones. So yeah. cheap wireless headphones aren't very good. I would always recommend you buy like a decent uh, pair. Um, it's just a bit messy at the moment for something so simple as plugging in some headphones. What a shame. Kind of, kind of annoys me. But again, this is like, very specific nerdy problem, isn't it? Most people just get on with their lives. <laughs> but that's why we're here, to talk about the nitty-gritty shit. I think it's the nitty-gritty shitty. Um, 
I think uh, I think we've said everything that needs to be said. Yeah, um, sorry, not the rant. Well, no, it's, it's, no, it's good. They are. <laughs> They're, well, they're a, it's a big, big product, isn't it? I've, I've been hearing yeah. a lot about them, about how exciting it is that they can do this. Yeah. Sci-fi sort of aspect of it. Um, I have got a question. Please do. I think I know the answer. Yeah. <laughs> pixel buds or pixel bads? <laughs> pixel bads. Yeah, pixel bads. Pixel bads. Pixel bads. Which is a shame because the phone is very good. These are crap. Well, you, you didn't like the screen of the Pixel 2 XL, did you? 2XL screen. That was bad. But I reviewed the smaller one where it's just, it's fine. So you get the Pixel 2 and don't get the uh, Pixel Buds. Yeah, buy some, I don't know, buy some AirPods. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Uh, all right, one more break, then we're having four subjects this week. Unusual. Um, one more break, then we'll be talking to some cute animals about bells. So Animal Crossing. Um, I don't really know what to talk about with this, except that it's brilliant. Is um, it brilliant? It is brilliant, yes. So it's it like is. the third That's major the end of the Nintendo mobile release after Super Mario Run and Fire Emblem some game no one cares about so, and then and then it's Animal Crossing right which I, I mean I'm so surprised I know you've just said it's brilliant and I'm jumping in everybody agrees <laughs> it's that it's brilliant and I have been playing it and I don't think it's but the, the reviews on, on iOS so it's like top of the charts and it's got like 35,000 five star reviews I can't believe it I just I don't would, understand if I can also jump in yes in reverse yes. I would say that not all the reviews are positive in oh. fact quite a few are negative I think but, you I think the, yeah, the users are doing the, yeah. the positive reviews but I've seen quite a few that have complained about the uh, IAPs and the free right. freemium model oh yeah so David you've played it the most yeah in, I'm level in, 18 in a, I know it's kind of complicated but in a nutshell what is it uh, right so oh, that's hard um, so you are a, wait, 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 it's a free to play it's, right, it's a free to play game. mobile game on iPhone and called Android Animal Crossing. it's called Animal Crossing Pocket Camp mm-hmm. it's the latest uh, instalment in a long running franchise really long like 15 years yes, or something isn't it quite some time Animal Crossing they used to be on the Nintendo DS and a bunch of other consoles it's a Nintendo property yep. in this I mean generally in them you, you are a little person in a, in a village or a town or whatever and you go around collecting things there's no like fighting or anything you just collect fish and butterflies and fossils and stuff and then you make collections and then you sell them to people and you get bells the currency is bells right this is why I keep talking about bells <laughs> okay, I, I, quite, I find bells quite funny <laughs> um, and in this case it's a slightly cut down version for um, for mobile so you're just run, you're running a campsite um, and there is this campsite screen in which you arrange all your furniture, which you like make um, in other screens. <laughs> and okay. I mean, it sounds the way thing. Sounds terrible. And on the other screens is where you go to collect your resources. So there's um, okay. there's a sea place where you can fish. There's a little orchard where you can collect fruit. There is a sort of island with insects in it, and you catch the insects. And there's a river where you can do a bit of several things. Uh, and you can there's also shops where you can buy clothes and stuff like that. And so you go to so what you do is you go around and you meet people these little talking animals and they will say I want uh, two apples and a beetle and so, so they you, boss you around yeah no they're not bossy they just they request they're very polite and then and you go off to those uh, yeah and then you go off and find these things bring them back and then they will reward you by their friendship level going up sounds like blackmail it is a bit and also giving you some rewards like bells. And like, you know, wooden cra- steel yeah, and things okay. to craft. And you've been playing it too. I've been playing it. I'm on level 14, so I've played it a lot. That sounds like a lot. That's quite high level. Yeah. On. Honestly, 18. I just. I, 14's all right, you know. Um, but I don't it, know I why I'm playing it anymore. It's compulsive. It's, so, yeah. it, what model does it take um, to get boring? Um, <laughs> Super Mario Run was 
uh, free to play the first couple of levels in it, which I used to charge you seven ninety nine. Now it charges you nine ninety nine to unlock Ooh. the whole thing. But it then, was briefly four ninety nine on sale. Okay, but that's but, no longer the case. Where, where, <laughs> how does Nintendo make money out of Animal Crossing? Uh, IAP. Yeah, so you can pay to buy like these ticket things that you can use to leave like, tickets. Yeah. Is, it, is it like other mobile games where you pay to make stuff happen faster? Yeah. Yes, but yeah. I've never paid. I've not paid yet, and I'm on level fourteen. Have and you, you paid? Hampers, I've not paid. Does it no. hamper the quality of the game? Would it be better if you paid? I, I think it'd be better if it was a paid-for game and they just put everything in. Right. Because what they've done essentially is that they've they've changed they've changed the way it plays. So I I never this is a problem because none of us ever played it on DS or whatever. But from what I hear, it was a really nice, chilled-out game, and you would just play it for a little bit, and you'd walk around, and things would just happen. You you know you'd see a rare butterfly flying past, and you would get out your net and catch it. In this one, they've they've really compartmentalized it so like i said there's one specific place you go to find butterflies there's one specific right. place you go to catch fish or whatever maybe two but so it's, it's not as open you can't it's not at go all. and do tasks or, or you're just standing there yeah so you just go to a place you tap the thing to catch it um and then there and then there's all these timers you know so people will say oh you'll have your crafted chair in 12 hours and you have to wait right and that's exactly like ashley said that's when you pay the tickets to speed it up, and there's so many I, things you I can remember pay when tickets. Animal for. Crossing came out on the GameCube. It was one of the first um, online things you could do on GameCube because GameCube wasn't <laughs> very thoughtful. You had to buy an attachment to make it go on, on the internet, but uh, you could meet up like with your actual friends on the game, right? You can, can do you that. You do that on this, but you only like go to their campsite and give them like kudos. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing. They're, they're, yeah. I I just I just don't know why I'm playing it. I, know I what don't you mean. know what yeah. is. Like, Everyone's like, oh, I love it, and I kind of do love it, but I just have, I just don't. At the same time, I actually hate it because <laughs> why do I like it? It's yeah, actually it so amazing. simple. It's so repetitive. Like, there's nothing more to it. Everything we've said now yeah. is it. I've unlocked nothing. But somehow it's become like a really popular game that everyone seems to love. I just, I don't know. It's a very strange thing. It sounds like the hype it. has died quite quickly. Oh really? And it, yeah. Oh, from, from what you've said. Oh yeah, our no. hype. Yeah, yeah, yeah hype. personal one. People are still well into but it. The yeah. reason it's got thirty-five thousand five-star reviews is because people who love Nintendo. Yeah. On, and it's available for iOS and Android, so that's mm. basically most of the world can yeah. download it for free. Yeah. And they'd be like, oh, I can't believe I'm doing it for free. It's amazing. Five stars. But is it going to be like Pokemon Go, where in yeah. a few months most people are going to be like that? Definitely like, more than Pokemon Go. I think like people definitely will get bored of it quite soon. There seems to be less to it unless they? they do something. Well, they've like, announced an a festive. Uh, event. Oh yeah, I'm, I keep getting candy canes. I don't know what to use those for. You can make um, their special candy <laughs> furniture. Oh yes, and, I do need to make the candy um, furniture. Sounds yeah. like, um, and, there's, and there's like Santa clothes. Yeah. I've got a little Santa. I've got a Santa hat. And I've got a Santa hat. Yeah. See, but you're still I don't, don't want to wear the Santa hat. I'm, I'm wearing my straw boater. So what, what, why, is, why is Nintendo making all these free-to-play mobile games? What's, why does it need to do that at this point? It's because it doesn't understand also, what makes it great. I think even okay. though I haven't read, I mean, I'm still playing it. And I don't love it that much. I feel like I would buy an Animal Crossing game now when it okay. comes out. Right. And I think people went on from Pokemon Go to buy Pokemon games yeah. again, and Pokemon cards suddenly became huge again. And so they're piling a lot of money into app development because obviously this is a game that took a while to make. But yeah. then you think they're hoping to reap the benefit by then selling like. You know, I Switches. truly think they will, and also Nintendo's had such a great year with the Switch and everything. And I don't know. I think they're they're really this next year, 2018. I think it'll be huge for them, even bigger. It's weird how Nintendo um, has a hit and then a miss on like yeah. their entire history of consoles. Mm. 
Game, yeah, Game, Game Gamecube, I liked it, but it was a bit of a flop. Then the Wii was like incredible sales. Wii U, Wii U sucks. Terrible. Switch but is amazing. The Switch was like kind of what they wanted to do with the Wii U, but they just couldn't quite manage couldn't it quite yet. And everyone it, yeah. loves the Switch now. They yeah. do so, try stuff. You got to you got to admire yeah, them. For, totally. Like, what they did with the Wii U, I really like. They tried to come up with a new thing. Yeah. Didn't really work. But. Yeah. Um, this, well, I think we could talk about this all day, but we are running <laughs> out of time. Yes. Um, uh, should we do a question? Animal Crossing or Animal Drossing? Oh no. These are these have been weak. I am. Yeah. I do apologise. Um, Ashley. I think Animal Crossing, but I still don't know why. Good. That is intriguing. Uh, Henry? Animal Drossing. You didn't like it, did you? Did you uh, uninstalled it? Level one. That level one. <laughs> level one. This other great app I found called My Horse. We we haven't got time for My Horse. We're going to have to talk about My Horse on iOS. We're going to have to talk about Much My Horse. Much more engaging. There's a very handsome stable hand in it, isn't there? That you Dan, like. Dan, Dan the stable hand. Dan the stable hand. Also, Dan, Dan the stable hand. on level one in that game. I You're not like very good at games. games and playing the first screen. Anyway, Henry, <laughs> that is it for this week. Uh, and it's only left to say... Uh, well, firstly, thank you for listening to the UK Tech Weekly podcast. Secondly, um, my team and I would like to congratulate Prince Harry and Meghan Markle on your uh, engagement. And Henry in particular is very excited about this. Um, look at him. He's made up. Uh, we'll be back next week with more informed opinion on the hottest topics in tech. Until then, say goodbye, guys. Goodbye. Bye. UK Tech Weekly podcast. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards... Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.